How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know What I'm Saying podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, I'm sitting across the table from Brian Richard. That's right. Who is an instructor at the Ogeechee Technical College. He is the culinary instructor. That's right. And uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Excited to have you here. Uh, you know, food is something that's very, very dear to my heart. Um, you know, I have two different restaurants. I, I grew up in restaurants and uh, to be sitting across from a chef like yourself, I'm super excited to kind of like get into your story, figure out, you know, where you came from uh, and honestly, the state of the industry, if I, I sure. want to be quite honest. Um, so I guess let's start by kind of how did you end up at Ogeechee Tech? Well, how far do we want to go back? When as I, far as I, you like, I from grew, the beginning. I grew up. I mean, I think one of the first things that I wanted to do, I had this, you know, as a kid, you know, I think like most young young boys, you want to be a policeman, fireman, something like that. I wanted to be a fireman and a baker, which is, would be a pretty cool combination. Okay. Um, so I always, uh, you know, well, working with my mom, grandmothers, things like this, um, had that that little passion for, for food, even when I was really young. Um, about to graduate high school, I wanted to go to culinary school. Kind of an interesting little, little uh, um, thing that happened. All of my friends going to like regular four-year universities mm -hmm. for a variety of things. So I'm coming, I'm, I'm growing up outside of Philadelphia, so going to Temple, going to Penn State, going to Villanova, these schools in, in the area. And I got sucked into that. I made the mistake. I don't know if it was a mistake, but where I initially put culinary to the side, thought I'm going to go into political science of all things, right? Maybe that was the, maybe that was the mistake. <laughs> Year and a half into this, miserable, mm. right? Grades weren't that great because I wasn't really into, I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed American history and civics and things like this, but why did I go into political science? Mm. I'm going to make a change. Tell my parents, look, I'm dropping out of school. They sort of freaked out a little bit right away. Okay. But this I said, is a year or two years in? Year and a half into a four-year in. okay. university uh, in Pennsylvania. I say, I'm going to go to culinary school. Right away, they were like, of course. So went to culinary school outside of Philadelphia, school called the uh, Restaurant School at Walnut Hill College, and uh, worked around southeastern Pennsylvania for a number of years and made the decision to move south. Mm. Um, and Did you, so you finished the, the, your culinary degree? Finished culinary, graduated, and then I worked uh, three or four different places. In wow. that. So a couple of years. I was, I was working in the industry in, in Pennsylvania for a couple of years. Moved down to Savannah, and this is now uh, 20 years. So wow. June will be the 20th anniversary, 20 years that I've been in, in um, Savannah. So a few things kind of like, you know, stand out, uh, stand out to me, you know, one of the things being making that leap, um, you said a lot about expectations, you know, everybody's expected to go to a four year college, everybody's expected to, you know, go into a specific uh, de degree or, or um, school of, of um, whatever that is, like they're, they're expected to make that decision to go to a four-year college. So for you, you, you had a moment in there where you said that, hey, this isn't me. That's right. And, and can you tell me about how that, how did you decide that? 
because I'm sure part some of the audience is, is are working through maybe something very similar of like you know what what do I want to do with my life? So take me to that moment in time. Yeah, we we you know I, I decided to make a change. I knew that that culinary was the direction that I wanted. I had never worked in the industry before, so I think that maybe had something to do with it. It was like, well, I never worked in a restaurant. For me to go to school, maybe, I'm not quite sure. That pressure, of course, of just following everybody else, going to that four-year school. Um, it was the fact that I knew I was passionate about something. I knew I was into food. I knew what food could provide, bringing people together, um, for example, uh, uh, you could sit down with anybody and have a meal. Uh, you could cook for anybody and have them enjoy the meal that you're providing for them. So even as a young college kid, it was like I'm not, I wasn't seeing that in the career path I chose, at least in college, whether it's political science or whether it's business or, or anything. Um, some of the, the industries out there don't provide you with that kind of passion of providing for people. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, I think, I think knowing that I could do something that I was passionate about, um, make a career out of it, and I had grown my whole life enjoying doing this, at least as a family, I wanted to make that leap, you know, into, 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 into culinary. So when you were, when you, can you recall a time when you were, did you cook for your dorm mates? Were you always just like making food for yourself? Like... You know, were yeah. you spending more time in the kitchen than you were spending, like... I think it was more for myself, mm. and I also think... I mean, I guess I could have used it a little better in college. I just... I can recall, you know, um, the sink, the kitchen areas, uh, as you would expect, maybe a, a, a young... Or, or, a, or a group of, of young male college students. Dishes weren't being done. Trash wasn't being taken out. Uh -huh. Piles of... You know, and then it ends up being takeout boxes sta yeah. stacked up. I probably could have stepped in there and said, hey, guys, look, here's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think I was still trying to figure out, well, wait a minute. You know, it, it, yes, is this what I wanted to do? Is this what I want to do? Or is this, you know, political science class that's kicking my butt? Is that kind of what I'm really into or something like that? When you, you, when know? you went to culinary school, did you feel like you had found it? Did you feel like that shift in maybe your energy or describe what that was like? Yeah, uh, I think right away, you, you just know, um, and it's interesting, my first thought is, as I think of myself then, I think of students that I see sometimes. You have students that come in and you can kind of see it in their eye that they get it, mm -hmm. you know? It's not like I went in there and I just knew everything and I could just slice and dice and cook and saute, grill, bake breads, all of these things. I, I didn't, I wouldn't have needed to go to school if that was, that was the case, but I at least had that uh, kind of internal desire to want to learn about that particular subject. And the great thing about the school I went to, similar to Ogichi Tech, there was just, you know, a broad spectrum of, of people. Um, folks that had retired, particularly when I went, there was a, uh, a group, I think they had closed down one of the ship, shipbuilding uh, um, facilities uh, outside, of, outside of Philadelphia. So we had all these older like shipbuilders, older guys that coming in and they're like, yeah, let's, let's try out culinary, all the way to, to, to people like me who were maybe a couple years out of high school or even younger, just out of high school. And it was great to be in that 
atmosphere that everybody had their goal set on culinary, which culinary, which I had been into my whole life. Mm -hmm. So now that I finally made that, that jump, it wasn't work. It wasn't that hard. It was mm -hmm. going to school, doing what I wanted to do, even though there was, you know, there's nutrition, there's business, there's, there, there's this, the science and the math of it. That was still fun because it ultimately dealt with what I was into, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, I think had I been exposed to working in the industry, had I been exposed to uh, somewhat to see what school would, what culinary school would be like, I probably would have said to all my friends that are going to four-year schools and just doing that sort of typical college thing, no, this is what, what, what it's all about for me. Mm -hmm. And because once I saw it, I was like, what did I waste a year and a half for trying to learn about you know yeah the, the science of, of of politics of all things or whatever the case may be that's right um so take me through you know you you've honestly uh finished school um at the point of uh the next step and you you decide to step into the industry and i think that this is very important just because you know there is a um somewhat of a disconnect between what what happens in school and what happens in a restaurant right right um what was for you kind of like can you recall any uh interesting stories of you know when you when you stepped into the, onto the line and uh your first day and what that felt like yeah so it is very much you know um it's sort of like minor leagues and major leagues okay uh you like can even that. go beyond that though where you know, you're very much working in this uh, sterile environment figuratively. I mean, I guess to some degree, literally sterile as in clean, but this environment where you're in class, everything is kind of given to you. You have always nonstop, me as an instructor, right next to you. Before you burn something, I'm there to keep you from burning it and then explaining what would have happened, right, uh, for example. Um, you have people that are there paying to come to school to learn so the attitudes are a little bit different than I think in the industry and the pace is much slower you might have a task to complete you know cooking a certain dish but you might have two hours to complete that task mm -hmm. um, you very rarely have two hours in the industry to t you, if you have two hours you're doing a hundred different things so um, you have that environment in uh, in education in culinary education and then Outside of that, when you're going to work, um, and as we do at Ugichi Tech, we had an internship. So while we were going, usually right around the time that uh, we were about finished with, uh, with our, our, our classes, we, we were required to do an internship. So we had to work in the industry. And so that was my first opportunity to see that much more fast-paced. Mm -hmm. Working with people that are not brand new as a student, I'm in there, I'm like everybody else. Whether I was a shipbuilder or I'm a high school student, we're all in culinary together for the very first time. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, I'm struggling with cutting an onion, the person next to me is struggling cutting with an onion. Going into this major leagues now, I'm expected to be able to cut an onion and cook this and cook that, put these and, dishes and together and do it very quickly. Under pressure. And you have these, these veterans now, they've been doing it their whole life. And um, so it's, it was hard to sort of pick up um, and, and learn that new style because you, as you're watching these veterans, they have 
learned all the tricks. They have learned the way around the kitchen. They've learned that they can put this in the oven, that on the stove, and you know this on the grill at the same time. And they just have that sense to know when to check the oven, when to go to the stove, when to go to the grill. And for me, I'm putting something as a, as, a, as a new cook, I'm putting something on the grill and I'm sitting there and I'm staring at it and waiting for- Watching it you know, cook. <laughs> exactly. It's interesting because I, I see students that do that too. Sure. I, I have to remind them, you don't have to stir that all the time. Come over, stir it, give it a little look and then go do other things. But in their mind, it's, they're focused on that tomato sauce and that's, that's it. And um, in the industry, you can't do that. So I can recall, I mean, you know, uh, if we were to talk about stories in the industry, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's amazing. I think it comes back to the diversity, but of, of all the crazy things that you come across, uh, um, I keep kind of commenting about these shipbuilders, but it ends up being kind of these older, um, in age, uh, line cooks that probably did 10 or 15, had 10 or 15 other careers prior to food service and they're just kind of old and, and, and weathered, and um, they really don't care about what's going on. They've got this, this chef who's probably a third of their age, who, you know, who I'm coming in as a new cook looking up to, like sure. this guy's you know, a magician, look at what he can do. And you've got these, these older oh, nice. uh, like, uh, veterans that like, you know, I've been cooking since you were in diapers, or when yeah. you were in diapers kind of a thing. Um, and, just some of the kind of things that come up, but it's those older guys that are the ones that kind of give you the little extra knowledge. When this goes in the oven, go ahead and put this on over here, and then they're both done at the same time, whatever mm -hmm. you know that, that might be. Mm -hmm. Whereas often the kind of you know, book-trained chef knows you follow the procedures one, two, and three, and sometimes that's not the case. And, and how, how do you, like, overcome that? Is that something that needs to, do you think there needs to be more of a focus on that in, in, in school, right? Like, creating pressure. Because, like, a, a lot of times, you know, um, this would be someone's first job. Like, I have, I have plenty of people that are line cooks as their first job. And, right. you know, you have to kind of, like, ingrain in them the, the fact that, hey, you need to be able to multitask. Um, is that something that you train in? in your in the programs that you're a part of we have we have certain classes that we involve what we call live work where where our students produce food that is then sold um, generally within the campus itself um, that provides them the opportunity to uh, make food typically at a faster pace and um, whether we're selling baked goods or we're selling uh, like a box lunch we just did recently the little kind of sandwich sale sandwich salad type of thing or we actually have a sit down uh lunch you, you, which you, i which i love I, yeah. I wanted to really hit on that point um there yeah. is this uh luncheon i think you guys call it yeah um, culinary luncheons we 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 focus them on two specific courses um one is called contemporary cuisine where the kitchen side produces the menus and the food and then we have a restaurant operations which teaches about the front of the house management the service side of it. Uh, um, and so we have the students in the service side serving the, the guests, and then we have the, the students in the kitchen cooking and plating for the guests. Um, as far as a class specifically, that's as close as we can get to that kind of realistic, real, real life uh, situation. However, that being said, typically 
in a restaurant setting, these luncheons could be kind of covered by two or three people. Mm -hmm. um, you might have one server that could handle all of those tables, and then you have a couple of people in the kitchen that could handle that. Mm -hmm. We're looking at maybe, ideally, five or six students, and we're in the, in the front of the house, and then that, say, five or six in the kitchen. Um, because of their lack of experience, to do these things as quickly as they need to, we, we don't want them to be, you know, uh, serving food that's done incorrectly, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, the biggest thing to, to kind of go back and, I guess, answer of, of adding that in is just that experience. Fortunately, that's where the internship comes in as far as the education is concerned. But the downside is that, um, you know, restaurant owners like you are getting the interns that are coming to you for that fast-paced experience. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, to some degree, throwing them in the fire. Sure. I have some knife skills. I know some uh, methods of, of cooking, and I can handle a grill. Safety I can procedures. Do these types of things. Um, um, they, they, they know about cleaning and sanitizing, but they just can't do it over and over and over again, quickly, 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 and then do it hour after hour, and then come in the next day, do it over again. Mm -hmm. That's where the internship comes into play. Yeah, so um, I, I agree with you, but, you know, hitting, hitting on that same opportunity, you know, Agichi Tech has done an amazing job in terms of setting up this, you know, um, program where people like myself, people of Statesboro can go there, uh, sit down, and, and, and give the students, like, an experience, right? And right. it's very controlled. Um, you know, you, you don't have a, a ton of variables. You're not going to be hit with like a 10 top, 20, 20 people coming in. Because uh, right. everything is kind of like scheduled. Everything is very kind of like systematic. Yeah. Um, and the students get to experience. And so like, you know, I've, um, I've brought on multiple people from that program. And I think that they are, they do have the, the core knowledge um, of being able to kind of like execute in the kitchen. Um, what about like the current state of, the industry in your opinion you know um i don't know how many friends you you have kind of like in the restaurant i would imagine a ton um but it's difficult to place people right now um i'm having uh issues with, like finding people that are motivated to work yeah so we're we're our industry in particular is in a in a, a particular spot given um this past year with with a lot of stores but restaurants specifically closing and then having to follow certain guidelines of only having 25% capacity than 50. And I think now, I think we're able to, at least mm -hmm. at least throughout Georgia, maybe not every municip municipality, but we're able to uh, be open 100%. Um, we had to lose a lot, of that, uh, a lot of that staff. And some of them are going elsewhere. Some of them, you know, uh, 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 collecting unemployment. Mm -hmm it's difficult to get them back into an industry like ours because of the demand of coming in, working hard nonstop for a number of hours and doing it over and over and over again. Um, where, where's the, the passion that we have in these folks that we're, that we're looking for seem to, be, seem to have uh, uh, um, gotten lost in this shuffle of, you know, I'm certainly not going to blame COVID for, for the lack of passion, but it seems like it got lost somewhere and people are needing to refine that. Well, well, tell me about this. So, you know, when you were working in the industry back in the day, um, did you guys experience the same thing? Is labor has labor always been an issue for restaurants? Yeah, food service turnover is in, is incredible. Um, a couple of reasons. Uh, one, 
somebody like me getting experience, um, I had my eyes set on moving up the ladder. And so I'm going to work somewhere. I'm going to do the best I can. I might start out, uh, you know, low man on the totem pole, so to speak. But uh, for us, typically cold station salads, right? I'm doing really, really well. The chef sees that. Okay, we're going to move you over to the grill, move over to saute. Now your kitchen manager, something like that. Ultimately, there's going to be somebody else looking or needing a spot at a higher position, potentially higher pay, something like that. For us in this industry, pay is not necessarily all that it's about, although I can certainly touch on pay here in a second. But um, I'm working. I'm comfortable. I know Soy Yummy. I've got uh, kind of a couple of stations down, for example. Um, for me to learn and get the diversity that I need in this industry, I'm going to move down the street to go mm -hmm. to another restaurant. Mm -hmm. I'm making the same, maybe making less, seeing a different way of doing things at this other restaurant. I'm going to go to another restaurant, and I'm going to do the same thing. By the time I'm done, I hopefully have moved up the ladder, and I'm not in the same position I was at my first place I worked. But now I've got all of this experience. I work with all of these people, all of these owners, all of these chefs. I've learned their little ins and outs of things. Now I can do my own thing, mm -hmm. sort of thing, right? Uh, and so we find part, partly our good employees are, are moving to another place jump, and jump, they're moving jump. somewhere else, that turnover, so that they can kind of, you know, um, you know fill their knowledge, you know, uh, uh, so as a restaurant owner, how do I combat that? So I'll sort of, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about pay. Pay is, the, pay is a big thing in our industry where if uh, we know throughout town here that restaurant A is going to pay, you know, $10 an hour, but restaurant B is going to pay $11 an hour, those who are not in that same path that I was talking about are going to, for no other reason other than that extra dollar, 50 cents perhaps, go to restaurant B. Mm -hmm. um, they're at restaurant B, restaurant C, they see is, I don't know, whatever, 11 and a quarter. It's more of that kind of just, they're not, they don't have the passion for the industry. They just want to do a job that they're good at. They happen to be, you know, good in a kitchen and they want to make, they want to make some money. I think partially, our issue of, of, of employees coming back is that we're an industry that tends to not pay very well, mm. right? We are an industry that we have to just be right on the line with our finances. We're buying a lot of product. We're buying a lot of, a lot of food. We're buying, you know, some restaurants, alcohol, for example. Um, and those beef tenderloins and that shrimp and that fresh fish is very expensive. Mm -hmm. And so for us, to, we have to spend a lot of money just to keep that inventory in our restaurant. Um, we can't charge an arm and a leg for it because our customers aren't going to come and spend a ton of money for this really good quality food. So we have that balance. We're buying great product. We're trying not to charge our customers too much. And then we're left with that, you know, that payroll that we need to pay our staff. And we're already teetering. So we tend to find restaurants are not uh, the highest paying jobs that are available. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes into play, even kind of coming and staying, is if uh, an employee who has probably worked in food service before is gonna come back into their seven and a quarter, eight dollar an hour job, they're probably gonna look to find who else has that 
10 11 an hour job forget about food service i'm going to go into that position so all you're, all you're saying is basically pay more <laughs> not directly <laughs> but it's sort of like we would you would have more customers that would come in if your prices were were a little bit lower i'm not saying i'm saying sure. you as in general if restaurants prices were a little bit cheaper to a certain limit. I mean, if you come in and you're getting a filet mignon and it's only they're charging five dollars, what their the customer would think you're crazy that sure. there's something wrong with that beef. Sure. So we have that fine line of making everybody happy. Ownership's got to be happy. Employees got to be happy, and our customers have to be happy. Mm -hmm. And in the sense of the discussion as it is now, we're talking about uh, the finances. The customers want great value. The owner wants. Uh, uh, Margin to, to have as much coming back as <laughs> as po or much left over as possible. Sure, and then you have the employees here, and there it's it, it is a, a great balancing act to get all of those absolutely correct. And so, um, yes, I think if restaurants post we're not quite post COVID were to reopen and just we're going to give everybody twenty dollars an hour or something like that you're going to go out of business. I mean, yeah. it's not, not I mean, the, possible. The, it has to get passed on to someone, right? So I think, I, I think that, you know, even even with, you know, inflation that, I, I in my opinion, it's coming, right? Like, there, yep. there's a, there's been so much um, money that's been dumped into the economy that it's bound to happen. And so, you know, as the prices of everything goes up, I mean, somebody has to pick up the bill, you know? That's right. Um and so it, it, there, I think there's going to be some interesting times ahead of us. Have you seen a period of time like this before? I don't recall that. Um, and I think I, I, as far as uh, on the managerial side, um, that sort of scenario of being the manager and being in between paying employees and paying the owner, so to speak, not really paying, but mm -hmm. you know, meeting my, my margins, um, is never-ending. But... Um, I think of myself personally, I, money is an issue. You have to pay the rent. But I think I personally always had my eyes on kind of moving up mm -hmm. and satisfying myself professionally. So then the question is, okay, we, we, we know we can only do so much with money. We know we have the employment available for them. Where do we get that passion in, in, in these employees that are coming into the industry so that they come, even if they're just prepping, even if they're just maybe washing dishes and prepping, how do we get them to want to wash dishes, prep, and then maybe make some salads, maybe make some desserts and want that passion that I had while I was watching, you know, uh, a cooking show Saturday mornings instead of cartoons as a, as a young kid. So one of the things that I've done is I, I try to pour into my em employees. And so, you know, for example, I am constantly thinking of ways to improve. Yeah. And, and really, uh, in my opinion, it's not so much that I want my team members to be, you know, automated or, or robots or anything like that. I want them to think. I really right. do. Um, I want them, and I, and I tell them all the time, is like, I want to be able to um, come back to the station and you come up with, hey, like, this is the better way to do this. Because I think that there's a ton of value in that aspect yeah. of being able to come up with those ideas and come up with like processes and come up with the necessary things that 
you that that need to do because if you come to a job and all your your responsibility is to I don't know I don't I want to say flip burgers but like sure. just turn the burger over and over again over time I mean anybody's going to become aggravated right uh, or or unsatisfied with what they're doing I think that one thing that I try to do with my team members is always uh, give as much knowledge and as as much um, skills skills uh as i can so that they can take something away because like at the end of the day like i understand that over time like of course they're going to leave i mean you know i can't expect anybody to stay in that position for a very long time um but it is definitely something that that is a part of this industry and how you combat that is very interesting one of the things that I you, you you stand in a very interesting position just because there are no other culinary uh, programs around in the area. Right, it is one one of the few, if not the only one. Um, and as a town, Statesboro is not really known uh, as much for its uh, culinary cuisine, like you know, specialized mom and pops. Uh, we. Uh, for whatever reason, the audience here is really geared towards more of the um, box chains, I think they call them. Yeah, chains, um, fa- chains. fast I, fast casual, you know. Um. I, I, so, like, for me, as, as someone who is very much in that field of, like, trying to push and diversify, I guess, the food landscape of Statesboro, um, you know, I have to ask you, like, how can I do a better job? What can I do to kind of like help? Right. So I, once you have established um, good quality restaurants, more good qual- that are that are successful, more good quality restaurants come in. Mm. And I think that's been at least you know my time uh, at Ogichi Tech. It seems like uh, we'll go through a phase where we'll get some of these newer, um, independent, better quality restaurants, and they tend to not last. Mm. And what we need is for them to last and then more to come, those to last. And then all of a sudden we end up being this sort of restaurant destination. Um, I'm not sure why. I think it's just the, the, the clientele are unsure of what they're going to get when they go to a particular restaurant, whereas going to the box chains, they, they know it's going to be the same here or in mm-hmm. Chicago. Let's well, say, the right? consistency is there. Right. Um, and so by adding that, we'll just, you know, draws more, draws more in. And I, I think that's a tr- the trouble that we find with graduating students. Um, there are a couple of restaurants that students will go to and, and have some success. The issue that we have is those students that I, that I think, um, I'm not saying that all students that graduate that are really just fantastic students move elsewhere, but we have a good number of students that just leave the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Savannah would be a, a, a And gr- how a do we example. keep them here? Ha- having that option for them mm-hmm. that somewhere like Savannah, somewhere like Charleston has um, in that, uh, you know, new contemporary, you know, m- modern cooking techniques, uh, uh, trendy menus that uh, draw customers in, I think is kind of what we're missing here, at least a good depth of them, mm-hmm. right? And so if a student graduates and they have a choice of working at one to three kind of places that might fit that need here in Statesboro, they can go to Savannah and have dozens of options. That's right. Um, or 
beyond that and have, you know, more than that. And I think the demand for, you know, culinary students is so high everywhere, right? Like the, right. the demand for labor is so high that, I mean, it's so, it makes more sense um, to a certain extent uh, for them to leave the area. And right. I think that's one of the challenges because like, you know, I'd love to hold on to, you know, students that are coming through a culinary program, give them the opportunity to potentially grow. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes it's, it's so hard. It, it is because, you know, um, it, it depends on what sells, right? Like, you know, we don't have a, it's not a food Mecca, right? You know, and, and it's not a destination where people are going out to eat, you know, oh, oh man, eat something. Let me, let me go somewhere where I can eat something I've never eaten before. And it's crazy because like, you know, uh, the same people that are in Statesboro will drive down to Savannah to do that. And they're willing to spend there. Right. Um, and maybe it's because of the historical, historical, you know, bricks that are everywhere. I, I can bring some historical bricks, bricks in here, and yeah. put them around, you know, around the restaurant <laughs> to see how that does. But it, it's fascinating. You know, it's it's um, it's definitely a challenge uh, to, to do that. Um, you know, for you, in, in terms of where we're at right now, are we where are we in the trend? Are we moving towards like a better direction? Do you think that we are moving in the wrong direction? What would you say in terms of like the landscape of food in Statesboro? So our last year has been kind of just, you know, uh, any progress that we've had. And I think we were kind of getting into that where um, there had been a couple of newer places that were beginning to get um, established. This whole last year was kind of thrown out the window and everybody's kind of having to start over. So does that mean, you know, once we have a solid year or so of business being open, people more freely going out to eat, uh, customers, you know, going out to eat, does that mean that a year from now we'll be back to where we were, you know, March of, of 2020? I, th I think probably, um, it, it, you know, is yet to be seen. Um, as far as our side of it, as far as uh, uh, culinary students, we're certainly on an uptick. This past year, uh, um, um, you know, due to due to things that were out of our control, we we saw a, a drop in our enrollment. And so, as long as we're, you know, able to have more students to then put back into the industry here locally, um, I can't see why that wouldn't benefit things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting how we're kind of part of that kind of roller coaster as well, that uh, we're seeing our enrollment down as restaurants are sort of not really um, opened or they're open only partially, these, these types of things. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm looking at uh, what I'm going to have available as far as students to put back into the market a year from now, two years from now, is going to be completely different than what it has been you know, say for this last year. So this next, uh, you know, semester. So you guys run on the quarter system or semesters? We're semesters. We have we have uh, uh, two 15-week semesters, and then we're about to start uh, uh, May 17th. We'll start our 10-week summer semester. So we're not closed during the summer. We have summer classes um, that we offer. Is that good or bad for you? It's good with, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. It keeps us kind of going. The uh -huh. classes are, are typically a little different because it's only 10 weeks, um, some of the classes we can't teach in the summer because students would be with us, you know, 20 or more hours a, a, a week. And so um, we save those for the longer for the longer terms. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if, if you know, today, for example, is our last day of, of classes for the spring. Um, 
And, uh, you know, if we had all summer and we didn't have class again until August, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, that's a little much. That that's also right. opens the door for students to say, well, I've, you know, I've been away for two months. Maybe I'm not going to come back or something. Mm -hmm. You know, just like if a restaurant closed for X, amount of, time. X amount of weeks, you'd, you, you wouldn't it's have the same to staff to come back. back. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, for you, uh, what is your message that you'd like to get out to the world or to the audience? <laughs> About culinary or about... Uh, Just no. in general. Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, if we were kind of... Uh, most of the focus is on this industry and, and our ability, any business. Um, it's something about... Uh, and, and this perhaps could help in, 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 in you or other restaurant owners in, in keeping staff is, you know, uh, your businesses should very much be like an oyster, right? Uh, when your staff comes in, Everybody's inside that oyster shell. The oyster shell's closed. It's nice and warm. It's comfortable inside. And you don't want to step outside of that because you don't know what's outside of here. So to make that happen, you've got, uh, you know, leaders that are within, consistency. You've got uh, um, uh, this, you were talking about, you know, mentoring and kind of teaching new things. But you've got that ability to mentor and coach people in your business um, rather than them coming in not being happy for whatever reason, and then just kind of pointing fingers, hey, do this, do this, and do this, or why didn't you do this, why didn't you do that, rather than taking these opportunities to um, encourage them, motivate them. So, okay, they did something that was wrong. Uh, uh, you're, you're not going to reward them for that, but at least you have that opportunity that you can, again, being a part of this little family, this home inside this oyster shell, so to speak, Let's see what we can do so this doesn't happen again and that they will Im Im improve. Um, and so consistency and leadership come into play. And, and I think we often, you know, in, in food service, we, we, we lack that sometimes, uh, uh, particularly when we're understaffed or we're under pressure. We, we, get, to, we get to yell and, and not uh, take those opportunities to have that sort of encouragement. And so I, I'm saying all businesses, we, we want to have you know, our staff feel like we're at home and have more encouragement. Food services is certainly one of those businesses that that fits. Yeah, you know? and I completely agree. Um, Brian, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Great. Um, if there's anything I can do for you as usual, please let me know. I'll do and that. And we'll go from there. Great. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks, Adam.